FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. These have been a lot of fun, and thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the subscribing and all of that. So it's been a great time to do this. I'm Steve Mathis, of course. I want to thank the folks at Liat, whether it's the 9.5, 8.5 helmets, the 5.5 flex slot boots, the 6.5 velocity goggles, you'll see them on the Moto Concepts Bullfrog Spas Honda team. Those guys are absolutely crushing it, and they're in Liat uh, head-to-toe over there. So thanks to those guys. When it comes to choosing a riding kit, a quality pair of boots is one thing you should invest in. As key points of contact to your boot, it's essential that your feet, as well as your ankles and shins, stay comfortable and protected. The Liat 5.5 Flex Slot Boot was a three-year project with long-term development and testing using the pro athletes from all over the world, including our own Chris Kiefer. So thanks to Liat for coming on board with us, and uh, we appreciate that. Also, Maxxis Tires. Uh, MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath and uh, used by Alex Ray and the Maxxis SGB Kawasaki team out there on the track on a supercross track. So thanks to Maxxis Tires, whether it's uh, mountain bike tires, I use the Minions that I really like, uh, whether it's uh, light truck tires, uh, SUV tires, they've got it all, trailer tires. So thanks to those guys for making it happen. And also joining me for this podcast, the voice of motocross, Jason Wygan. What's up, Weech? Yeah, man, I'm pumped. We did a couple of these. We've reunited again in an undisclosed location, and I'm really excited because um, these are races. Uh, some of these races that we do, some of them we worked in, yeah. but then some of these older ones, we had absolutely no connection to them in the industry at all. They're way before our time. So the fact that we're going to get to talk about these races, like and like seemingly important, right, blows my mind. If you had told me this. I would have been like, no, no one will ever care what I say about this race. No one will ever care. <laughs> well, well, they do. And the race we've chosen, mm-hmm. the 1992 LA Coliseum, the Supercross finale for 1992. But uh, Liet, Maxis, and we've got one more. Yeah, blends also. Hey, pulp listeners and listeners to the uh, Liat Reversibles, you know that smell. It's that mixed gas smell, that two-stroke race day aroma. Specifically, I'm talking about the smell of Blenzol. For over 60 years, Blenzol Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. Top tuners like Terry Varner and riders like Michael Lessi, who won the 2020 Two-Stroke World Championship using Blenzol. Nothing out lubricates or outperforms Blenzol's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. You've got the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label. Blenzol has got you covered. So you can more learn more about Blenzol's rich heritage or shop Blenzol's full line of two-stroke. And yes, also four-stroke racing lubricants. Go to Blenzol.com. That's B-L-E-N-D-Z-A-L-L. Blenzol.com. Blenzol. Big part of Alessi's program. Mike Alessi program. Uh, Say what you will about the Alessi program, but they leave nothing on the table performance-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thanks uh, thanks to Liet, and thanks to Maxis, thanks to Blenzol. 92 Coliseum. We are going to talk to 
Davy Coombs, who was there as a, as a media guy, mm-hmm. and Jeff Emig, who was there and kind of played a role in this uh, as a factory Yamaha rider. So. The frontest of front row seats, Emig. Now, look, we've done, both of us, tons of interviews and podcasts and interviews with the main players in this race, which is Jeff Stanton and Damon Bradshaw. What we have found is you often get the better story from mm-hmm. those watching. So that's why we picked Davey, who was media guy, and Emig, who was Damon Bradshaw's teammate. And like you said, plays a little bit of a factor. So we'll set it up, though. The stars of this show are... Damon Bradshaw and, and Jeff Stanton. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I've talked to both these guys about this. Go and search old podcasts. Go and search everything. They've mm-hmm. talked about this. Let me set the stage for you, though. Uh, final Supercross of the year. Damon Bradshaw comes in with a six-point lead. He has won nine of 15 races in this series. You would think, Weech, you win nine of 15. Yeah. Your points lead should be bigger than six, but... Yeah, he crashed out of Indianapolis, so he lost 25 points right there. So you just throw that out. Yeah. He should have a huge points lead. He should be the dominant rider. He wins the previous round of this championship. He catches Stanton. He passes him. There is no doubt he's the fastest guy, the best guy. It's his season, all of that. He also blows the race by taking out chicken, crosses over <laughs> an inside berm to yes. take chicken out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Bradshaw had a six-point lead, and this was this was basically going to be a coronation of Damon Bradshaw, something that, you know, he turned pro in 89, and uh, turned pro in late, late 89, won the 125 championship, and then 90, was really fast, got hurt. Yep. 91 got hurt. Yep. 92 was his year. Yeah, it was just a matter of when will he be mature enough to put it all together, kind of like James Stewart or probably what we're talking about right now with Adam Sinstrel or Chase Sexton, young guys. Has a speed. When is he going to figure it out? Well, by 92, he had to figure it out. Yep. He was the best guy. He he really was. Uh, And uh, so six-point lead. So, But some crazy stuff starts happening before this race. Before the race, there's the L.A. riots. The Rodney King uh, verdict came down, and L.A. went uh, absolute eight ship, Mm -hmm. eight ape shit out there and so there's fires there was looting there was all that stuff that we see in the news today but it was back in 1992 so the supercross promoter said hey we can't have this race right now la is not doing well so the race was postponed for uh, how much longer was it i think it was a month i a think month? it went from yeah. mid-june to mid-july it seems like a month yeah. yeah so in between they went they started racing the nationals yeah they always had them weaved in you know the uh, gainesville round one was around daytona so they weaved in and out quite a bit. I know that sounds crazy now, but that was normal. There were extra nationals that wouldn't have been in between. Um, but, I mean, there's a million reasons why this race turned out this way. I think it's impossible to ignore that this could have been a factor. Damon blames nothing but himself. Yes. But the fact that he had time to think about it, like icing the kicker. Well, hurt his knee at Redbud as well. Yes. So he had an injury at Redbud. Yep. He tore his ACL. Yep. He doesn't blame that. That nope. blows my mind. Yep. But also in football, there's this term where they, if the, you have to kick the game-winning field goal, they will call a timeout. So the kicker has to think about it for a few extra minutes to try to get more nervous. Yep. Oh, my God. Don't blow this. Don't blow this. Bradshaw essentially had an extra month yeah. to think about don't blow this. He doesn't blame it, but maybe it was a factor. Also, by the way, when you go back to 1992, a young Steve Mathis was not a Jeff Stanton fan. Oh, I was a Bradshaw guy. Okay. So I was pulling for Bradshaw really wanted Damon to make this happen. Uh, so that's the, the particulars before this race, but there's more, there's more folks for, for this. So coming in this race, Damon hurt his knee. That was bad. This was a daytime race. So that was weird. It was because they didn't yeah. want to be at night down, still downtown. They call him is right downtown LA as uh, as you'll hear from Davey Coombs. The, uh, uh, it was a daytime race. The track blows because it has to go around the infield of the Coliseum. So the track's not very good. Oh, the garbage. knee is hurt. It's a daytime race. You've been racing nationals for three weeks. Yep. Like there was a lot of things that came into a perfect storm. Of and weirdness. Six, yeah. Of weirdness. And six points, Weege, isn't a ton. No, no. When you and, watch this race unfold and you're like, wait, he's 
He's got to pass Mike Kudrowski and Guy Cooper to get this done. That's not easy. He was faster than them generally, but they're not slouches. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, um, don't forget, Jean-Michel Bale, the defending champion, was, uh, I don't know, uh, 10, 10 back? points, yeah. 10 yeah. point back. Yep. So he was in the mix. But but earlier, JMB had already said, I'm going road racing, and I don't really care. Yeah. And there was high tensions on Team Honda at this point. I've talked to all of the main players at Team Honda, including Bale, Stanton, Dan Bentley, Cliff White, all these guys I've done podcasts with. And Stanton and Dan Bentley did not like Cliff White and Jean-Michel Bale. And they were teammates, and they did not like each other, which leads to a hilarious part in the ESPN coverage of this race. Yeah, this is amazing. Things are just so open in these days, they didn't have any feedback. I feel like if they said something weird in the press, they weren't going to hear about I it think, on social media. Well, I think because a month later it would come out, right? Yeah. yeah. So they never, they, I feel like they were completely unguarded. They would just say whatever. So Bale and Stanton already don't like each other. Bale's kind of trying all year, kind of not, but almost as good enough to win yes, the title yes. while sleepwalking. That's how good Bale was. The race before this, he and Stanton almost come together. Stanton says no. Bale says yes. Anyway, Bale ends up crashing. That's what puts Bell far enough back where he's not really a title right. factor, but he's still mad yep. at Stanton. So pit reporter Art Ekman asks Stanton, hey, Bell's still in it mathematically, but do you think he will pull over to help you if mm-hmm. it comes to that? And Stanton says, absolutely. Honda's here to win titles. I'm sure if Bell has to pull over to help, he'll do it. Art goes to Bell, and Bell says, no, if you want to beat the champion, you have to win the race. <laughs> So there's already like a bad guy in a movie. I love it. If you want to be champion, you'll have to win the races. And was he stroking a white cat as he was talking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So you already knew what was coming here. Uh, So Bale would not get that candor now. No, no chance. They would know that this would come back to haunt them so badly. Yeah, no chance. Yes. Uh, So, um, yeah, things are getting interesting coming into the Coliseum and the, uh, the heat race. Yeah, Stan goes down. Yeah. Bale's right behind him. Right. Plows into him. Plows into him. Uh, they show the uh, pit. So th- they take them. 200 guys have to go to the semi. Then neither one makes it out of the heat. They, showed, they come into the pits, and I... <laughs> you I, love Bale, but you're, this is going to be Bale. tough for you to deal with. I love Bale. He is awesome. And one of my podcasts that I did with him when I found him after mm-hmm. he'd been gone forever is still mm-hmm. in my top five podcasts of all time. I could not believe I was talking to the great John Michelle Bale. Mm-hmm. However, in 1992, after... Crashing into Stanton, which was not Jeff's fault. He just got squirrely and moved over. Not his fault. Not mm-hmm. didn't mean to do it. Bale comes into the box fan and they show it on camera. He doesn't throw his bike down, but he puts it down with some force instead of on the stand. And it's on concrete. The and it's on have concrete. To be paved yes. Concrete. Yes. So not throwing the bike, but not. Yeah. He's pissed at He's Stanton. Pissed. He pissed. already doesn't yeah, like Stanton. Right. He crashes him in the heat. He throws the bike or leans the bike down. He kind of drops it. I hear a, I hear a metal to, to concrete, concrete sound. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so not not great, Jeff. Not great, JMB. Not great. So this is hilarious. They show having to rebuild Stanton yeah. and Bale's bikes between the heat and the semi. And this is Team Honda at its peak, right? This is the 80s, ultimate 90s. in technology. Yes, 80s, 90s. So you've got a um, uh, team manager. Dave Arnold and Dan Bentley working yep. on Stanton's bike. Yep. And then they show Roger DeCoster and Cliff White, Bell's mechanic. DeCoster is holding Bell's bike and White is just kicking it. <laughs> just kicking the silencer. That's what the team wanted to do. They didn't, yes. they didn't put subframes on or muffler no, or silencers. They just kicked it yes. straight. So. The great, the man, Roger DeCoster, is holding the bike to just kick it. Wow, kick one it. of the greatest mechanics of all time, Cliff White. Cliff White. Is just kicking it. A fabricator, yes. a motor guy, everything. Yeah, yeah. And they're kicking it. And they're kicking it. They go out in the semi. Bale gets a horrible start. And, and he just catches and passes Stanton and, and beats him yeah. just to show him what's up. Right. Just to be like, yeah, take this, yes. Jeff. So, it's uh, amazing. It's, uh, 
it's something else for sure. So the Lee at Reraceables podcast, we've got a bunch of categories. If you're a new listener, uh, we have a who really won category. Who's that guy category lit kit award. Where's JT and the Jacob Marsak award as well. So that's all coming up here on the podcast shortly. So, uh, you know, if you've listened to this, chances are you're a moto fan and you know what happened. You know what, what went down in the main event. Stanton won. He did. Stanton won. Stanton did what he had to do. Under pressure, he gets the whole shot. Uh, he obviously had ridden bad in that heat and yep. the semi, but when it counted, he went out there and hauled the mail. He's a two-time defending champion, and he took off with the win. Or two-time uh, champ. Two-time champ, yeah, sorry. Yeah, two-time defending. champ, yep. right. And Kudrowski second, Cooper third. Bradshaw is in fourth right away. Third. Yeah, good start. Well, no, fourth because it's Swink. It's Stanton, Swink, Stanton, Cooper, Swink, Kudrowski. Bradshaw gets by Kudrowski briefly. Mm-hmm. Gets into fourth, and then they both get by Swink, and he's still fourth though. Yeah, and it's like and, he's got to pass and, either Kudrowski or Cooper. Right, he is. Uh, he just needs third if Stanton wins. Yep, and he's right behind Mike Kudrowski. Yep, he's got them right there. In fact, at one point he's side by side with yep. Kudrowski. He yep. doesn't quite make the pass, right. but you're like he's got 18 more laps. He'll yeah, get it done. no problem. He's be, he's better than Cooper. He's better than Kudrowski, and he's better than Stanton in nine of 15 races. It shouldn't be an issue for the for the best supercross racer this year. Yep. However. He just starts dropping back. He just yep. loses loses time. Yeah, and you got to figure the more he had to think about, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not going the way I planned, the worse it is. I will always wonder if this track was in such garbage. And in the first couple of laps of the main, when he was going good, but just couldn't figure out a freaking way to pass them because the track sucked. Yep. Maybe all that pressure. If he's in second, there's almost no pressure. Yep. But... It's like lap after lap of, wait, I still haven't figured out a way around. Wait a minute. This is not going the way right. I'm planning. The track is also in spots four feet wide. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah three it's feet got wide. like, right. you could tell they were trying to get a lap time. Yeah. So they build like these vertical singles. Right. Uh, then he ends up clipping a hay bale. I think at that point he's like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is going badly. And then Cooper and, and Kondrowski and, yard him and now we've got problems. And Cooper, who makes approximately 80 mistakes a lap <laughs> every time he's on the track, somehow holds it together. Let's, like, uh, let, let, we don't get to talk about these old races on podcasts very often. We didn't do podcasts back then. Why don't we do a little shout out to Guy Cooper? One of the original <laughs> loose. He would be such a fantasy pick. Oh my God. He, he would be the ultimate oh fantasy God. pick. He, his front end's high everywhere. Yep. He is pinned. Uh, Elbows at, down. And they show a heat race or semi uh, race heat uh, replay earlier. Yeah. He's getting caught and he's doing whips still. Yeah, he was doing a one-handed whip yep. over a triple while getting caught by Dubok. Right. But he still does a whip. Doesn't matter. Yes. And Dubok ends up crashing. But, I mean, Cooper had one thing and one thing only. Wide open. Yeah. And it sometimes would work, yeah. sometimes it wouldn't. It, it's well, phenomenal he never won a Supercross. Couldn't pull it together. Yeah, couldn't yeah. pull it together. But, like, we, we joke about guys like Marty who have the speed, but you never know how it's going to work out. Cooper was that, but I feel like Cooper's even higher Cooper. level. Cooper's going to Cooper. Yeah. But a lot of podiums. Oh, like, yeah, a yeah. great yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. No, a, a better career than Marty, for sure. Yes. Or a national championship and, yeah, many podiums. So, But, uh, yes, at, at Kudrowski, he's like a Stanton. He's never going to crash ever. So once they pulled away, you know Stanton's going to win. You know Kudrowski's going to get second. Yeah. So at that point, I'm sure the only hope that any Bradshaw fan or Yamaha has is, well, maybe Cooper will just crash. Yeah. And he probably made 100 yeah, mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and it just didn't happen. It just didn't go down. And Yeah, and I remember watching the show Moto World, the weekly wrap-up show, and Larry Myers saying that the joke was from the Honda guys, we got to hope that Cooper can pull off one more miracle. Right. Can he save another one of these mistakes? Now, I don't know if I've ever really confirmed this, mm-hmm. but I believe it's true. Uh, 
Cooper gave Stanton his gate choice on the line. Wow. Which is, wasn't legal, but whatever. Uh, because Never change. People, nobody wanted Bradshaw to win. Like, nobody really wanted Bradshaw when he wasn't super popular. Um, yeah, he and, took dudes out. He all took the time. dudes out. He was angry. Yeah. Uh, he's talked, we've talked a lot about this, but uh, I've heard, and I think I talked, I think I confirmed with Cooper that he gave Stanton his starting gate and was like, here, Jeff, like, you can have this gate. Wow. Don't worry. I, I'll go over here. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, that was the kind of thing that happened back then. And there was only, well, there was one Bradshaw fan out there. Oh, yes, there, there was. There was a Bradshaw fan uh, among the riders. Well, he was being paid to be Bradshaw's friend. He was his teammate. Is that no, you're about? no, I'm not oh. talking about that, man. Oh. I'm talking about Stanton's teammate. Oh, okay. This so, is the most bizarre thing ever. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, as we said, on the top of the TV show, Stanton says, I'm sure he'll help me. Yep. Bale says, I will not. Right. Bale doesn't just not help Stanton. He actually tries to ruin it yes. for Stanton. He gets behind Damon. He's clearly going faster, and he's just trying to push Damon forward. Yes. He Go will not faster. pass Damon Radshaw. Yes. He's trying to help the Yamaha guy beat the, Honda. beat the Honda guy for the title, even though he's paid by Honda. And I believe in my podcast with JMB, he said uh, I was behind him and I just was like, go, go, <laughs> go. What are you doing? Like, he yeah. fully admits it. Here's Stanton. I, mean, he, he, I don't know how much he knew was going on yeah. back there. I don't know yeah. if he knew about yeah. any of that. Um, well, you know what? And, and, and so Bale, ri- let's finish that part. Bale rides behind Damon for a long time. Yes. And then Jeff Emig is right behind Bale. Yes. Damon's that is teammate. Damon's teammate. That's right, what I'm saying. He's right. being paid yep. to do not mess with Damon. Yeah. So finally, as Emig, who was not very established in Supercross. Yeah. This, this was his first year. Yeah. In the 250s. Yeah. They, I mean, Bale doesn't want to get passed by him. So Bale gives up on it and is like, fine. It's not going to work. Late in the race, Bale's like, I guess Bradshaw's really going to blow this. And Proceeds oh my to God. go right by him. Yards him. Right. In one straightaway. He's gone. Right, right. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, this, this race is famous for Bradshaw blowing it. It's famous for Bale trying to help <laughs> the, the, the other, the, guy, the other yes, guy win. Yes. It's famous for a lot of things. It's not maybe famous enough for Stanton rising to the occasion. This was his second or third win of the year only. Yeah, Dude. he was not. He was just consistent all year. He didn't like the like bike. It was a brand new 92 CR yeah, this they year. Had their problems. They didn't like that bike. Yep. I liked it. I had one. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. But anyways. Um, if I remember right, the bike was a lot lighter than the previous year, but they said the frame flexed. Yeah. That was their problem. Yeah, and it was yeah. a real steeper angle too, I believe, in the frame from, oh, okay. the, from the 91 too. So um, not enough maybe is talked about like, and we've seen this, like Osborne got it done versus Savachi, right? Like yeah. against long odds. And I, there know, Rick, is very Ricky, Ricky got it done that year in Vegas. Where they were tied. Yes. Yes. He got it done. And, and there's not enough of those rides. Like you have to win. Yeah. And let's be honest. You're not the fastest guy all year. You're arguably right, the third right. fastest guy, maybe right. second. But you look at six points, like you don't have to just beat Bradshaw. With the gap with three points from yeah. first to second, like you have to win. To have any chance. To have yes. any chance. So what pressure that is normally, you're like, yeah. ah, the guy in second doesn't have the pressure. But he has to freaking win. Yeah. And he's won two races out of 15 so far. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the, the real hero is, is Jeff Stanton. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like he did what he had to do. And yeah. trust us, folks, if you watch a race back on the at re-raceables, he's gone. Oh, He's yeah. Gone. It was solid. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so he did what he had to do. Yeah. It was his best race of the year by far in the in that pressure circumstance. And he was riding terribly in the heat and semi. So he pulled it together. Yep. And famously in his television interview, he said, I felt the pressure too, 
I rode horribly yeah. early in the day, and he said, but I took my crap, I put it in a ball, and I put it off to the side for the main event. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of Jeff Stanton, these D- donations, hero rides that he had, saving Team USA's ass multiple times, rides like this, uh, that is kind of what defines him, that it's not his unbelievable speed week in and week out, but it's when it counted, he could find it. And yeah, yeah it he, probably is underrated. He might be the most underrated six-time champion in our sport, like for reals. Yeah, you know yeah, what maybe. I mean. Like, yep. like when you talk about that, like, yep. and, and I'm probably guilty of it too. But yeah, this was this was epic. Um, let's. Davy Coombs was there. He was mm-hmm. uh, he was on site, uh, and he'll tell us young up and coming cub reporter. Cub reporter. Yes. He also has a great story about Jeff Stanton in this. So yes, yes, he has a great story with that. So let's uh, let's throw it to Davy here, and uh, and we'll be right back after this. We're going to talk to a man who was actually at the L.A. Coliseum in 1992 for the Lee at Re-Raceables podcast, 1992 L.A. Coliseum, the final round of that Supercross series. And back then, he wasn't the editor-in-chief of Racerex uh, magazine. Davey Coombs, what were you doing there? What were you working for? Uh, I was a stringer for Dirt Rider. I was helping uh, Fran Kuhn uh, come together with the idea for Inside Motocross, which would hit the next year. And I was doing uh, Cycle News and or the racing paper, <laughs> which at that time it turned into Racer X newspaper. So yeah. basically, I was just trying to get in for free. Uh, <laughs> and you were probably writing for uh, um, Adam Duckworth or whoever else in England and whatever uh, yeah, else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At that time, it was Mike Greenoff and it okay. was a dirt bike rider. Yep. And uh, Jack Bernicle was my co-contributor. And I, I felt like, you know... Right. I, I was I was an international motorsports journalist at the time. Listen, I, I've been to so many races and I've been so fortunate, but I think that there's one race that I would have loved to have gone back in time to be at and f- get the mood and set the scene. It's this one. This is this is the, the, maybe the biggest uh, upset in the final round in Supercross history. Uh, uh, what was it like, man? What, what put, put us there? Well, uh, you know. It was surreal just to be pulling in to the L.A. Coliseum. Uh, you know, this is this is 1992, and and there had been you know the the bizarre uh, you know Rodney King riots, or after the cops were acquitted, or you know whatever the situation was. But like three weeks earlier, the race was supposed to happen, and they 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 a large part of that part of South central Los Angeles was on fire and people got killed. And, um, there was no way that they could hold that race until things cooled down. And as it worked out, um, they had a very compelling championship. Uh, they had to get the last round in. It wasn't like, you know, Kenworthy's in 2003 when it floods three times and, and, you know, the summer and, they just say, you know what? Let's yeah. just stop here. Right. Yeah, let's. You know, we've already canceled, postponed. We're done. Yep. They wanted to get the race in, and um, and that's not the best part of LA, even though it's right there, USC campus. But Figueroa was sort of ground zero for a lot of the social and civil unrest that had happened. And so, you know, that's pre-internet, pre-iPhone, pre—you know—any of that. You're just seeing the nightly news and USA Today. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> LA is a war zone, um, but of course, it's—it's it's not. It's just one area of LA. Unfortunately, that area happens to be the LA Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, rather than go straight from—I uh, think it was San Jose—was the the round before. 
uh, they go ahead and do some some outdoor nationals, and, and they have this open weekend in July to to do the Super Bowl. And I truly think that it gave at least one of the guys too much time to think about it. And and you know Bradshaw, uh, you know who who was known to you know be the fastest guy at any given lap, uh, any given race. But but when we had a bad night or a bad day, it was going to be really bad. Uh, he had one of those at Redbud in the 250 National, and he crashed. And and I think this is the race where his pants get knocked off. Yeah, and, and he. Famously gets up and sees Todd Smith of Motocross Action taking a photo and throws a rock at him. You know, <laughs> there was there was no love between Damon and uh, MXA at that time, but but it, it, it speaks to a, a bigger thing where Damon just wasn't really you know uh, uh, emotionally you know ready to you know think things through or, 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 or let things come to him. He was very volatile. And then on the other hand, you had Jeff Stanton who uh, needed the time and used the time wisely. And I, I, if I remember correctly, he, he ended up clinching the 250 national championship. And then he would also win the Unadilla 250 Grand Prix. And I, it, like as he's waiting to go do the, <laughs> the, um, the, 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 the last race at the LA Coliseum, and the GP may have been the next week, but the point is there was this unbelievable run for Stan. He was unfazed by anything. But I still thought, well, Bradshaw's got him covered. He's got to get, you know, four or five points. It wasn't just if Jeff wins, I got to get second and that's it. Or, right. you know, it just, it, it wasn't going to be that way. Um, at least that's what I thought. Um, but I remember pulling in the Coliseum that morning. Uh, I wasn't there for the press day or anything like that. The race was going to be in the afternoon because everyone wanted to get out of that part of town uh, before it got dark again. And as I pulled in in my rental car, uh, coming up Figueroa jogging is Jeff Stanton. You know, and this is like everyone's like so nervous about what's going on in South Central. And I'm like, Stands out jogging, man. This guy's got, this guy's got balls, and he, and he sees me, and he runs over, and in his hand, he opens his hand. He's got two nine millimeter cartridges. Stop it! Come on, no way! I swear to God, ask him. He's like, look what I found. Look what I and found. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, ooh, this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's this guy's ready. And then from there, everything else that just sort of spooled out in in almost slow motion for everyone except Jeff Stanton. It was a it was a weird night day in an almost empty Coliseum mm-hmm. and uh, they tried to act like it was a supercross as supercross was in nineteen ninety two with fireworks and whatnot, but um it was it was surreal. So how early do you even remember watching the main event drop gate drops main event? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm saying how early do you be like, wait a minute, wait a, like he's folding. He, like the early laps you're watching on TV, second and third. You're like, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. And then it starts not happening. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't put a finger on it, but but there was, there was sort of this feeling all day that, 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 you know, Damon was just seemingly a little, uncomfortable and, and a little off his his game and and you know i was watching this other thing that was developing 
um, I knew that we were about to see Damon, or uh, sorry, I knew that we were about to see John Michel Bales last Supercross race, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and he was the defending champion, but he was out of it and he checked out long ago. But <laughs> Bale had this amazing ability, and you see it at the St. Petersburg round that year, where if he wanted to, if someone just sort of bothered him, or if he got a chance to shiv it in on Stanton, you know, he would. And he would just take off. So I'm kind of watching, like, what's Bale going to do? Yeah. What is what is Bale going to do? And as you're watching that, it starts to set up that, you know, you've got Stanton doing what Jeff Stanton needs to do. Gone. Yeah. You know, Cooper's up front going. And, and it be, you begin to focus on what's happening with, like, Guy Cooper and Jeff Emig and John, John Michelle Bale because everyone's sort of riding around Damon, but it's like it's like everyone's it's like watching the parade lap at Loretta Lynn's that first right, lap of practice right. when we have the the pace rider and it's usually Malcolm Stewart and these little kids just cannot wait to get past Malcolm as soon as they get to the end of the first lap and, and the green flag goes well it was like that everyone was like go Damon go yeah you know and, and and it was it seemed like Emig was conflicted you know Damon was his older teammate at Yamaha and and I don't know if he had team orders you know Yamaha to that day was still sensitive of what had happened in 1977 in San Antonio the proverbial let Brock by event mm-hmm. um they played it real close to the vest but you could see you know and 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 I I, I remember trying to keep my eyes on Brian Lunas to see what his reaction would be, but but it the the panic started to hit when the halfway thing came out. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. by that I mean it was it was clear that 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 Damon was pumped up and 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 was completely rattled. And and what did that, or whether he was hiding an injury from the week before, or or just it was the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, we never really got an immediate feel for that and it wouldn't be till he went on hiatus the next year and kind of disappeared for a while that we would we would find out that yeah it was yeah. it was um, he, he froze up did you see lunas in the pits freaking out you heard about it we all heard about it. did you happen I, to yeah, witness yeah. it yeah i i was not at the pits but okay. i got this amazing shot i think uh stanton ended up rolling over the finish line yeah and, and he rode up and, and 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 fist bumped denny bentley and they were all yelling and everything and then cooper comes over mm-hmm. kodowski comes over then cooper comes over just completely upside down and that was the moment when you know it was it was a fait accompli that, yeah. that bradshaw you because you kind of thought even even at the end like he's gonna pass three guys yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but, but but Bale is, is – it's this strange dance between Bale, Emig, and Bradshaw. Yeah, where totally. <laughs> Jeff and, and Jean-Michel just – they really want Damon to win, not yeah. Stan. You know, and, 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 and because, you know, there was a lot of friction in the Honda camp and mm-hmm. Jeff was just being the, the young understudy. And it, and it just really was incredibly uh, complicated but also – kind of sad you know it was it was the it was the it was the most unexpected and also unemotional title fight i've ever seen it was like the second fight when buster douglas comes back not after he beat tyson that was an amazing fight but when he fights sphinx the next time and he doesn't even it's just boom over it it was like that do you remember going in the pits to try to find damon to get quotes 
I, I, I did, and uh, he was not oh, yeah. excessive. I was not right. doing the cycle news stuff. So I, okay. my, my need for quotes, I was actually doing a feature on Bale's The Long Goodbye, mm. I think we called it, or The Curious Case of JMB. Right. Anyway, um, but yeah, the, 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 the Kit Palmers and the, 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 the Nate Robbins and whoever the cycle, Kit, you know, Chris yeah. Johnham, yeah, yeah. whoever was on the beat that day, that would have been a tall order. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Emig always tells a story of how packed the Yamaha area was uh, because they were anticipating this big championship celebration. And I just want to put it in perspective. Honda had been dominating for a long time. And Yamaha's glory days were way behind them. So it was a big deal for Yamaha to finally get this championship. And Damon doesn't talk about it too much, but Emig, the bystander as the teammate, said he thinks that was part of the problem. They were celebrating practically before the race had taken place. Yeah, the the pit area at the Coliseum was actually up there on the outside of the, 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 um, the, what do you call it? The The peristyle? um, The peristyle. Oh, is it up there? Okay. You were parked up there and now they use that parking for I think the aerospace museum next door and there's mm-hmm. you know some airplane statues and stuff out there but so it was weird because the 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 pits were sort of detached and if you went to a race now and saw the big white tent you'd think oh that's the media area right but it wasn't it was a catered tent that Yamaha had brought in wow it's set up right there between where you go into the out to the race and down in you know over the peristyle down to the starting gate and, and where, you know, you came off the track. So everyone saw the big Yamaha party. And, you know, that, that part of L.A. is not that far from Catella Avenue where Yamaha is. So I have no doubt that they had the whole company there. Yeah. And, and, and Damon was not that kind of um, person. You know, he, he, he was not a uh, – he was, he was extremely popular because of, the, because of his swagger, but not because of his – Pastrana skills, so to speak. You know, he was not yeah. uh, the 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 center of attention uh, unless he was in the center of the podium. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everything else was was a job, and so I could see where that would happen, and I I, I also uh, can see where you know um, with with Jeff, uh, this is the end of this incredible four year run for Jeff Stanton. I mean, I know he, he's going to race two more years after this, but you know, he's, he has already, you know, kind of done more than he probably ever expected. He had nothing to lose that day. All he had was another title to win. And that would have been his fifth or sixth, depending on when he clinched that 250 motocross title with Damon, you know, he had not done anything yet except, you know, set the record for the most wins by a guy not to be a champion. <laughs> and, and and what's funny is the way that that, that that Damon seemed in Supercross at that time was the way Jeff seemed in the 500 Nationals, which he was long expected to win, but never actually won. He kept throwing it away. He, you know, he, he would sail through the 250 Nationals and then make a dumb mistake on the 500, you know, otherwise he might've had nine titles. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and as it turned out, you know, uh, that, that day at the LA Coliseum was sort of, it wasn't quite the end, but, uh, it was his, it was his last really big victory because he didn't do the designations that year. And, uh, I think he won one race the next year and that was it. Well, yeah, Damon, uh, as we talked about earlier, Damon hurts his knee there, races this race, gets the ACL fixed, 
comes back in 93, wins the second round, and then some guy on a number 15 on a Yamaha, and, and yeah. then it's over. And then it's over for Damon Bradshaw, you know? So. Yeah, I, and I, I can remember in the, in the pantheon of all-time unexpected press releases, the uh, Damon Bradshaw is going on hiatus press release. <laughs> Was right up there with Kawasaki terminating Jeff Emig and yeah. uh, Competition Park. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the press release that never actually came out. Now I w- that's right. That one. I, I again, this is one of the races I wish I could be at. You were there. I wish I could have gone back in time to watch it. I can. I. I would think the equation to this race would be GL's title loss at Steel City. I was on KTM then, and it was like all he had to do was this, and it was going to be easy for GL to do it. And then that wheel goes. And you're just like, what is happening? Like, and, and yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe more so because I was with KTM then, but I don't think so. I think it was just like, what is happening? And I would guess that's the feeling at the Coliseum in '92. I, Damon is the dominant racer. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me let me let me try to qualify that a little bit because because you 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 made me think of a good point. So the way the Coliseum track was. L.A. was the one place where they never let Supercross on the actual turf. Right. So the racetrack went all the way around as if it were on the the track that they used for the Olympics. And by that, I mean the the eight the 400-yard oval or 400-meter oval. So the track was one big circle with a, with a quick journey up into the peristyle and back. And um, they didn't do it twice because they were just trying to save money. They knew they were going to take a beating because there weren't going to be a lot of fans. It wasn't going to happen at night. And right. so they, they really cut back. So the track, there was a lot of pointy jumps uh-huh. and, and it was kind of dry. But if you were watching, you saw every inch of the race. It was, and you're yeah, watching yeah, yeah. Bradshaw, and there's here's the leader, there's you know Cooper and Kudrowski, and then all of a sudden there comes Damon with this bunch of people behind him, you know? <laughs> and 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 you saw it happening, and it was it was it was almost like in slow motion. It was it was weird how um, it and, and that I mean I, I use the word surreal too much, but yeah, it was it was hard to explain. It was like it was like a bad movie it was like it was like supercross the movie you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that's bad yeah yeah you know where it's 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 not really you, you almost can't believe that it's real because it was so different than any night race you know of that season and you know supercross was on the ascent right then you know and like to your point we were a year away from jeremy mcgrath and jeremy in fact you know, won the 125 class that day and almost certainly would have beaten Bradshaw in the 250 class. It it was, it was, it was hard to watch with Damon because, you know, he grew up in the East and, you know, and, and I was split between him and Jeff as far as, you know, my sentimental favor, but, but I was again, kind of watching Bale and Bale was doing the same damn thing that Damon was doing, which was just ride around. Yeah. with Bale, he was doing it on purpose. Damon was like literally, you know, it was like Eli Tomac that one year in New in, Jersey, uh, in New Jersey. In, yeah. Uh, no, no. Oh. When he was on a two fifty, and Roxon didn't. Was it Salt Lake City or Las Vegas where he just had a really bad race? Oh, Salt Lake. Yeah, Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Yeah. Where it's like yep. you, you don't really know. You want to you want to yell at them, or you just want to call timeout? And there right. are no timeouts, no timeouts in Supercross. Um, 
You got to read, you got to do, we're good. Uh, here's my question. So, yes, we all know the aftermath, and Yamaha was so bummed. They had this catered meal. They didn't have a title to celebrate, and uh, Lunas, the mechanic for Bradshaw, was mad. Um, Davey, um, I believe you've been to some after parties in your time. I don't know, just to believe. I'm just going to assume that. <laughs> was yeah. there any kind of celebration no, in this no. weird time of day and weird area and shocking title that Stan didn't probably expect to get? Was there anything like that? No, they, they, again, again, sign of the times. Um, if you lived in California or if you watched the news that summer, it didn't seem like a very good place to go. And I am sure that everyone retreated back to uh, Corona or, you know, in Bale and Rogers' case, they lived in um, uh, Redondo. Redondo, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I don't know where Damon would stay when he was out there, but. I don't recall there being anything like that. I remember there being a palpable, let's get out of here before dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, Six Time told me a couple weeks ago he still never drank any alcohol in his life ever, so there definitely wasn't those kind of parties. But it doesn't sound like they were doing burnouts in the pits, drawing any attention, yeah. <laughs> celebrating. No, and that was never Stan's style. I mean, Stan was like a fully grown man when he was riding a 100 Yamaha full <laughs> dynamic. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but, and, 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 and I mean that like he just he just – he he knew he knew who he was. He he knew how to carry himself. He'd had success to that point that that Damon had not. Yeah. Um. And 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 it came easier for him to be in that situation. Like, hey, I'm down four points. There's three minutes to go. I'm Tom Brady. You know. And, yeah. and that's I think the mindset that that Stanton would have. And and I think that Damon. Uh, you know, to Steve's point and, and to, to what um, the guys at Yamaha told you, there, there was a lot going on, a lot of um, uh, noise, I guess yeah. we call it now, that, that, that was sort of taking away from the, the situation at hand. And I'm sure that Lunas, you know, who, who crafted a, a lot of championships, but, but, you know, Damon was probably his toughest case. And, and I think he was frustrated because of what had happened at Redbud. And with mm-hmm. the whole delay, and I and I think I, I I wouldn't be surprised if you talked to Brian and Brian himself said, you know, I was kind of off my game too, because uh, mm-hmm. you know he just he didn't go Damon didn't go out there with the right mindset, and who who's ever that fault at fault for that, it, it would have to begin with Damon, yeah. and then you work you work your way out. But yeah. but the perfect op- opponent was Jeff Stanton. And yeah, just, just a, machi- a machine, right? A machine. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. He was yeah. he was un- unflappable. Uh, yeah, I've talked to Damon privately and and publicly many times about this race, and he puts it all on himself. He choked. He, he felt the pressure. He doesn't know what happened, and he doesn't make any excuses. You know about yeah. what that day in the Coliseum. He doesn't uh, mm-hmm. doesn't put a feet at anybody. I've asked him about the Yamaha celebration. Uh, have you heard the conspiracy theory on this one, Davey? Oh yeah, McCarty conspiracy theory. The, the McCarty conspiracy theory. Yes. I don't know where it started. No, he told me this. Oh, Davey, have yeah. you heard this? I have not. So, D- Damon. Sure what kind of journalist I was. <laughs> well, I don't think this one was going to be out back then. Yeah, it's yeah. only something that came to light a few years ago. D- yeah. Damon had a clause in his contract that said if he won the Supercross, it was an automatic renewal from Yamaha at whatever dollar figure it was, right? So, mm-hmm. so Damon, they think the conspiracy theory is that Damon threw the race so he could get it, so he could get a new contract with more money, even more money than the uh, Supercross title w- would have been, which is, again, a conspiracy theory. It's ridiculous, but that's the, that was a conspiracy theory going around. Nope. 
that, that's, that's, you know, and, and I've asked, if you believe yeah. that, if you believe that, do you want to talk about a recent election? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, it was, it was out there. It was floating around there for sure. So, well, um, I, I can, yeah. let me, let me, let me add on to something. So, um, I talked about the press release, uh, Hall of Fame that, that included the Damon going on hiatus. Um, in 1994, I called Damon, and believe it or not, he picked the phone up. Mm. And this is in June uh, of 94, and um, I asked him, I said, hey, if you ever want to do a, a, a magazine story or something, just really sit down, talk right. it through. He'd done one the year before with with Fran Kuhn, uh, and for the last issue of inside motocross. And if you remember correctly, Damon in a cowboy hat is on the last, yeah. the fourth and final issue of inside motocross. Well, um, I ended up jumping in the car and driving down to, um, uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. And, and Damon met me. Uh, he, he, he was riding a, a Harley. Uh, he had uh, shaved the sides of his head. So he had like a, 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 a Marine cut. And he wanted to talk, but uh, he, he also just wanted, wanted to hang out. And he's like, so what's been going on at the races and stuff? I just don't really talk to anyone anymore. And, and mind you, you know, he's 24 years old, and he's completely checked out at that point yeah. from, from racing. And, you know, he's, you know he, he had gotten married, and, uh, you know, he was uh, riding horses and just living in North Carolina. And he said, you know what, I'll be back at some point. And, oh, yeah. And okay. we, we yeah. started talking about it, and he, he went pretty deep with how uh upset he was after that how much pressure was right. on him how he he really felt like like checking out like in even more extreme ways and it was it was it was the most amazing sit down interview i think i ever but, did with with an athlete yeah. at that point at that age in his life where where was the story because i don't remember reading one word of bradshaw until he showed up at high point 114 <laughs> it was in the racer x newspaper and i would be glad oh. to get you a copy See, so you can read it i think it was eight pages I, if I'm, I up in, I'm, all, I'm up in canada you're not getting that i'm yeah. not getting the racer x newspaper because literally <laughs> i mean if you i did i just thought he was dead until 114 shows up at high point and i'm like he's back you know what I mean? like back then there's no internet there's no nothing i have no idea as a friend as a well, fan of bradshaw up in canada so yeah that's funny well, he, he 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 i don't want to say spilled the beans right. so much as he just bared his soul and said that you know that was that was on me there was a lot going on uh, I wasn't, you know, mentally in the, in the right place. And, and, and then he yeah. said that he, he would come back and, and, and it honestly helped me immensely because we did excerpt it in cycle news and it ended up obviously in the newspaper and it kind of helped put us, you know, to some degree, you know, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the map. And, and, and then when, when he, you know, after that, I was like, well, who we find next? And one of my buddies goes, well, you found Damon Bradshaw. Why don't we go try and find Evil Knievel? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it all and started. That, that started the whole Evil Knievel search. Uh, so. Well, cool, man. Uh, anything else for Davey uh, Weege on that race? I'm good. This, is, right. this is fascinating. Um, yeah. yep. Great. Uh, Leah Reraceables, LA Coliseum 92. Uh, Davey Coombs, thanks for the time, man. Always appreciate it. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> Going for a run. Yeah. <laughs> like... We always make the joke that like Stanton is tough, like in motocross terms, but I don't know where that really falls into the reality of real people. Yeah. But yeah. now I, I'm a true believer. Yeah. Right. Like running through the streets of Compton after the LA riots yeah. does not care. Yeah. Degaff yeah. about all of no. it. No.
uh, Liat, new for 2021, Liat has introduced a completely redesigned helmet with their 9.5 carbon and 8.5 composite sh- helmets, incorporated four densities of impact foam in five locations, as well as a pro-fit comfort liner that stretches over your head to provide superior comfort and stability. Large ventilation channels can be found throughout the entire helmet to keep your head cool, even at lower speeds. Uh, Liat, of course, the official sponsor of Shane McElrath, Benny Bloss, Vince Freeze, uh, and more. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. And Blenzol and Maxis also on board the Liat Rewatchables podcast. So, um, yeah, it was uh, that's quite a story that Davey, Davey told us. And also, um, going back to Bradshaw, I don't know if I said this at the beginning or not, but uh, like no excuses from him. He tore yeah. that knee. Yep. He... He, he it was a weirdo race. Yep. I've talked to him off the record. I've talked to him on the record. Crap track. Crap track. Yep. He doesn't say anything. He says, I wish I could take it back. I can't. It is what it is. I blew it. Pressure got to me. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And, you know, he just will, he will flat tell you that. Yeah. And, and, and racers, we know old racers. We, each, mm-hmm. we were just laughing about one 10 mm-hmm. minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys don't always quite remember how it goes. Yeah, they protect went. their legacy. They protect ego. legacies. Yes. They protect yep. their ego, and that's fine. Yeah. We do it all. Uh, but but I get it. But in this case, Dan Bradshaw uh, does none of that. That is awesome, and that he's being a man about it, and that's certainly honorable and noble. But it is a little tragic because it's just crossed my mind for the first time, and I've been thinking about this race oh. for 28 years. I've been <laughs> analyzing this race. This race crushed me as a fan. Yeah, I was always. Uh, it was weird. How, I'll, I'll get do to you want. Do you want to know how I found out? How did you find out? Just a. Beat up cycle news a month and a half after the race. Really? Yeah. I was able, and my dad is cheap, you know this. Oh, yeah. I was able to convince him to let me call. Oh. The 1-900 number. No. Whatever it was. It yeah. wasn't pro race back yeah, then. Yeah, I think well, it was, that was after. Whatever it was. He let me call the 1-900 number. And it was Did prob- you call Saturday? Like the day of the, like that day? Uh, we were you- actually uh, away. It's amazing. I remember these things. We were, uh, uh, we were in Pennsylvania for like a family trip that weekend. And we got back on Sunday. And I'm like... All I was thinking about all weekend is somewhere. This is crazy. No information. I'm like, somewhere this race has taken place. Yep. It is now Sunday. Yep. Something has changed. Most likely, Damon Bradshaw's finally Supercross champ. Yeah. Let me just call. Yeah. And I was so blown away that I actually called back to have Larry Myers <laughs> read off the 125 <laughs> results as if that had any bearing on anything. Right. And then the bill came, and it was like $18, and my dad was flipping so angry. He lost it. And he's like, $18 to read off who won the race? I'm like, well, there's the 125s, too. He's like, why do you need to know that? What did that have to do with anything? But he was right. Uh, as far as fan, I was always pretty neutral almost my whole life. I really didn't have a favorite. I just remember being really? like, yeah, I just remember being just shocked and like disappointed because you had the storyline of... I mean, I feel like Stanton and Bradshaw were Britney Spears and Aguilera. You had to oh, pick one. You had to pick one. I never felt that way if about If you that. were the hard worker, if you were from the yeah. Midwest, if you were, you know, Honda guy, then six time was your guy. Okay. If you were flashy, mm-hmm. if you were, you know, into a personality, if you were brash, okay. Yamaha guy, Bradshaw was your guy. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a bit of difference. I, I felt that way about like RJ Wardy. Okay. I did not know about that with these right. two. Uh, but I do feel there was disappointment because you had already in your mind made up like this is the story of the season. Bradshaw has done it. He's the fastest guy. He's going to be the next star of the sport. And at no point in your mind did it run through that he was going to have this massive, like, problem on his resume, this, like, yeah. choke job. Yeah. Like, we didn't know McGrath was going to end up who he became. Bradshaw was supposed to be the guy over the next 10 years that carried the sport on his shoulders. And all of a sudden, it was like, what? Hey, he failed? If you want a fun fact, and this still absolutely blows me away, he's younger than Jeremy McGrath. I know. If I you, know. If you, if you just... 
wrap your head around that. He's somehow younger than Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, it's the all time <laughs> what he did at his age. I mean, uh, he's the age of Jet Lawrence is now. Yeah, he was arguably the fastest supercross rider in the premier class. Yeah, yeah he was faster than Eli Tomac. Yes, that's right. what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, what we're it's insane. About. Um, yes, so. The knee we spoke of earlier, he, he folds at the Coliseum. He's got a torn ACL. Uh, he goes to get it fixed after this. He's done for the 92. That's it. The rest yeah. of the 92 is done. He's yep. wrote, wrote a few nationals. So we don't see him again, but we just assume that the almighty Bradshaw, who won 9 of 15, will be back. Yep. Uh, 93 kicks off. He wins the second round. Okay, we're fine. Takes the points lead. Takes the we're points good. lead. We're all good. He's, yep. he's here. Some kid named McGrath wins round three, yeah. and Damon Bradshaw never wins again. He wins uh, Atlanta. He wins one more. Oh, he that didn't fit my story very yeah, well. Yeah, well, I mean, you, darn yeah, close. He won Atlanta. He actually did. Okay, they kept McGrath in sight for like the first half of the year, and then yeah. it all started to yeah, fall yeah. apart. Okay, but what I'm saying is that is awesome and noble that Bradshaw took it on the chin like he did. But he was never the same after this race. He was never the same. No, and that, that's kind of what I was getting to. Your Atlanta fact really ruined my story. It's still but, t- but you're even looking it up because you don't I believe am, me. But I'm he, yeah. looking it up. It, it was. I know it doesn't really fit that he got this one other rando win. Honestly, in 93, McGrath was just pulling every freaking hole shot. Okay, he won Atlanta in 93. Thank you. So, <laughs> okay. I wonder if Bradshaw had done the normal mental tricks and blamed everything else on earth, didn't blame himself, said it was the track's fault, the knee, the Rodney King rides holding up the race, yeah. freaking Kudrowski, freaking yeah. Cooper, yeah, yeah. Bale, yeah, 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 Yamaha yeah. sucks, screw all these guys. Would that right. have protected his ego? right. Better, right? Because it's crushed him. Yeah, and he uh, allowed it to crush him because he was being straight up yeah. about it. But that's why riders don't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, they have to fool themselves, right? Yes. Uh, and also, too, made mention. Davey made mention of you know sort of the catering and everything's going on, like the tent they had, right? Yamaha had all this stuff going on. Well, that's why I wanted to talk to our next guy. Yeah, because the guy who has articulated this story better than Bradshaw, yeah. better than Stanton, is the guy who had the front row seat for it because he was Bradshaw's teammate and he's actually in the race. And there were a lot of lessons learned just from watching it. No one was paying any attention to this guy. He was just there watching. Yeah. But he learned a lot, and I feel he does a better job of actually explaining all this than Bradshaw or Stanton themselves. All right, so we called up Factory Yamaha rider, 1992. Uh, Jeff Emick, our buddy, Fro. So let's, uh, let's listen to Fro now on the Lee at Rewatchables. And now on the Lee at Reraceables podcast, a man who was also uh, at the LA Coliseum in 1992 and uh, was teammates with Damon Bradshaw and had a first-hand seat to all of this. It is uh, Supercross champion, motocross champion, Jeff Emig. Fro, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, how are you guys? We are good. We were been talking about this race today, and it's just crazy. The, all the all the circumstances, you know, the riots and the daytime race and, and Bradshaw's collapse. And you were right there to witness all of this. What do you remember about being out on the track, watching Damon Bradshaw, and thinking to myself, I, I can't pass him? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that, that certainly was, uh, you, you know, I was watching that whole thing happen, but you would just back up to, like, uh, I watched a race earlier today um, online, and I actually won my heat race. So everything that summer was really flipped upside down because I didn't win heat races. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was having a good day. It was starting off pretty good, and and um, you know the thing was is that you have to back up to the week before in San Jose. Damon wins the race there; everything's great, and uh, six point lead. He's now what you know at that point had won nine of the fourteen races that had been ran. <laughs> wow! Going into yeah. the final race, <laughs> going into the final race, he had won nine of fourteen. 
Okay. (laughs) Like that's pretty good percentage, pretty damn good percentage. And, and, um, you know, the, the thing that, you know, and I've looked back on this a bunch of times and I, and I even used that experience later on in the summer when I was going for the, for the one through five motocross championship, you know, I think the, yeah, well, let's save this to the end. Okay. Okay. So let's go. Yeah. Let's get going with the, let's get going with the main event. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. It's one of the the biggest collapses uh, we've seen, and we've, we've talked to Damon about it. And you know, truthfully, uh, Davy Coombs was on earlier than you, and you're on now. Uh, I've talked to Stanton and Bradshaw enough about this race. They've told me everything there is. That's why we thought Weege and I thought we would get some people who we've never heard of that were right there and direct witnesses of this thing. Um, you're out there. What are you thinking? Are well, you doing the math? Do you know what's going on? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Okay. For sure. There was like the orders were like there was in like I was not to finish in front of him. Right. In any like it didn't matter. <laughs> I could have been trying to win my first supercross of my own career and I was not gonna you know. Yeah. Um and that and that tells you how important it was to Yamaha. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was massive. It had been a long time since Yamaha had won that title. Um, Honda had really dominated everything and here's the beast from the East. He's had this great season, couple of stumbles along the way. The one where he, 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 um, jumps through the bars over mm-hmm. a triple throws that one away. The, the race in Vegas where he jumps from the inside burn, the outside burn to take out <laughs> chicken, um, yeah. you know, we all learned a lot from those, from that year. Um, but so the main event goes off and, and I'm kind of riding up through the pack and I see, I can, you know, I'm watching what's going on. And, and at the Coliseum, when you go up and down the peristyle and you go up and down a couple of times, you can really, you have an opportunity to look ahead and see what's going on. And that whole day was about this title. The rest of us were just, yeah. you know, pawns on the, on the, on, you know, on the chessboard and then realizing that, Oh shit, he's not, he, he's not in the right yeah, position. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I remember going through, like going through the pit area, like with my hand up or, or you know, the pit board area going yeah. like, Whoa, what the hell's going on? Um, you took your hand off then, the bars. Like you were, you had your hand up. Like, what, what do I do? Dude, I'm a, prof- I'm a professional. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but well, I'm saying uh, you, yeah. you were like saying to like to Butler, like, what do I do? Do I go after? Like, yeah, yeah. because, because I had caught, Bale, mm-hmm. and it, as a, see, Bale was like literally riding around. Yes, yes, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna go beat Jean Michel Bale. I'm gonna beat this guy for the first time ever. <laughs> right, right. And, then, and then we catch back. And so if if you if you if you notice, he's literally tiptoeing around behind yeah. Bradshaw. Oh yeah, because yeah. because of the crap that happened throughout the year, he didn't not want Stanton to win that title. Right. Like there's no there's no yeah. way about there's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He was like, he was trying to help Bradshaw. Yes. And, and yes. it's like, none of these guys liked each other. I mean, it was, it was bitter like press conferences and stuff. I remember would be, there was so much tension between, you know, Damon's the redneck from the South, you know, Stanton's the Yankee from the North, two totally different personalities. And then you got JMB, which is the French guy and nobody likes him. <laughs> right. You know, right. like, you know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, there was this great, like what, what was still interesting about that is even though JMB had that crash in the previous race, they were separated by 10 points, the three of them still. You yeah. Know, Bale was not out, out of it. 
Bale wasn't Bale wasn't out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was out of it once Stanton was up front, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was just a really drama field, but the pressure was on Yamaha and Bradshaw. And, and when he came back to me, you know, here I was all excited because I'm catching J and B and I'm thinking, cool. And then I realized Bradshaw's in front of him. Like, Oh shit, he's going, he's going backwards right now. And that's not good, you know? And so I, I wasn't allowed to pass him and the pace that by the time that I got to him, the pace that he was on was, I mean, he would have rode circles around me every other race in the, in yeah. the season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I was just completely like, I, I was just like, so confused. So like, wait, how is this happening? And I'm like, looking, does he have a flat tire? Is yeah, his yeah. Shifter, yeah. shifter broke off. Is his leg dangling? You know, what's the problem? Um, and so being a friend and teammate and all that sort of stuff too, I mean, it was just, it was just mind blowing that, Oh my God, that like, wait, he's not going to win this. You know? Yeah. I was wondering that. I, and we can get into the pit area stuff and the catering and everything that's set up. And I know, I know you learned from that too, but honestly, throughout the day, what, did anyone actually run to the scenario of, Hey, what if he just sucks? Like, did that really run through anyone's mind? Did anyone even discuss that? It didn't seem like that was even no. in play. No. No, <laughs> no, he wrote, he wrote circles around everybody. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, was yeah. so yeah. like the week before he was the beast from the East, you know? Yeah. He came from like and last to win it or something like crazy. No, yeah. Not I, last. I, yeah. I uh, thought that it was last. Yeah. And I, once again, that's another one of these. Oh, okay. I've def, I've definitely told this story on record and that not, <laughs> not exactly, exactly how it happened. So everything I'm saying now, I'll throw out a, a disclosure. It may have not even happened at all. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't even know. And, and I'm 50 now. It's like, do we care? We'll give you a little, we little, just, little, room. we just want an interesting podcast. Let's don't worry about the facts. He, he passed Stanton straight up. No problem. The previous week. So it just didn't mm-hmm. seem like the chances that he'd just be slow. It was no, really in play. No. Yeah. Well, not slow, but, and the main thing in the race was that, the the biggest thing that happened was when at the uh, west end of the stadium going through the the these like whoop things he jumped off to the side and caught one of the hay bales and almost stepped off the side of the bike mm-hmm. at that point that's when something happened mentally oh, okay. that's when that's when that's when the whole main event changed it was still half the race to go you can still charge through the pack. You can still, you know, Cooper's yeah. going to come back to you. You know, yeah, you can yeah, still yeah. get it together right. and something, you know, and that's, that's the thing that, I mean, I can analyze it, uh, you know, being a former writer and all that, but, but only Damon knows what happened then, you know? So after the race, what do you remember? Like you and Butler just being like, uh, we're over here. And like, cause Lunas is throwing the tools. Right. And do you remember any of that? Uh, I, I mean, I remember the, the, just the utter disappointment, um, like really even for, you know, Butler and I, we had, you know, our, our, our team within a team yep. and we were both just like deer in the headlights. You're like, Holy shit, you know? And, right. and, and, you know, McCarty's not happy. Damon was just setting up in the box van and Lunas is throwing shit. You know, he's like putting away his tools, yeah. like, <laughs> He's not gingerly putting them in their drawers. If right, you know what I mean? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? And I, at one point, I swear, I, I, you know, I remember him taking something and throwing it into the box van. Now, Damon hopefully wasn't in there at that point. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, you know what I mean? Like taking and like throwing shit in there. 
and and that's you know Keith McCarty, you know uh, Brian Lunas. I mean, even Damon, for that matter, dude. These guys were gnarly competitors. They hate losing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you have a mechanical or this or that, or somebody takes you out. None of none of the scenarios that that everybody had went through as a team involved Damon having a bad ride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just and and then uh, Despain on the TV show says that he says if he had crashed it away, it's Damon Bradshaw. Maybe that wouldn't have shocked people. Yeah, but for him yeah. to be just mediocre and just be like the sixth fastest yeah. guy, and, no one saw that coming. And as we talk about, uh, we said earlier, like Bale told me on a podcast, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, go, 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 go to Damon, and then eventually he just went by Damon. He's like, I can't, I'm gonna fall over if I go any slower. Jeff. Well, and I, was, and I was on, and I was, yeah, he's like, there's no way I'm getting passed by Jeff Emig right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he he's like, I got a limit and it's fro. That's my limit. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> yeah I'm not, yeah. And he passes Bradshaw and is gone, you know, yeah. in like two seconds. He's like half the stadium ahead. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you still know. can't pass him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last but, couple laps here, you just wrote it out. You just stayed behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I was no matter what I was, so I'm just riding around myself, you know? Now, and, um, yep. Go ahead. You, well, you mentioned it earlier that this is your friend, your teammate losing a title, but Bradshaw is famously on the record as telling me and others that his only teammate he ever liked was Doug Dubach. He, well, and literally the only person I think he liked, uh, you know, obviously that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but he truly did, you know, hate everybody like that's his, his, the way he thrived and the way he became a rider that he was uh he said he liked dubach and that was it but but did you yeah. feel like you had a relationship with him did you feel like he was you know your friend like you guys get along that well is he just kind of looking back exaggerating that a little bit no no he and doug had such a good okay yeah, uh, yeah. chemistry you know i come on as the young guy yeah technically i'm actually older than damon but maturity wise in, in our career, Damon was further along. Right. Right. But, and so Doug was this hardworking, you know, guy from Southern California, good work ethic, not a threat to Damon as far as the pecking order of the team or the totem pole of those type of things where, you know, where I would have been, you know, and we had had bad blood before, even as like amateurs, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, racing our eighties and one three fives or whatever, but right. now we're teammates and now Damon really is the team leader, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always thought that the three of us had a really good uh, chemistry. Um, so wow, well, yeah. I come to find out he didn't even really like me. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I think that <laughs> just kind of on the track stuff, right? Like I think he's, I know we're good now, man. Yeah, I, yeah. Damon and I, you know, so oh. I'll I'll save it for a little bit until you're done with the done with the race here. But um, yeah. So this this weird thing happens. You got to witness it. By the way, we also and we we're talking to Davey about this too. Can you just talk about the weirdo atmosphere of this daytime race, yeah. the riots, the no crowd, move back, um, move back away move from back where it's supposed to, and uh, yeah. terrible uh, uh, stuff going on outside the stadium with the riots and everything. What was that experience like? Um, I just remember that there was a lot of tension and it was so delayed. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I do remember, uh, being on the line and during that time they would, uh, before the, the, the main event, we would all get off our bikes and take our helmets off and, mm-hmm. and the announcer would come down the line and give you the mic and you'd say where you're from or your team, all this sort of stuff. And I'm, 
And I'm not sure if it was like Gene Newmack or Jeff Glass or somebody, but it's like, hey, I'm Jeff Glass from South Central LA. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I just uh, for some reason I think it was Newmack. Maybe that sounds like Newmack would do that. Yeah, it yeah. was a privateer thing. Right. You know, right. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, just a just a crazy race. So okay, so how does this take you to one twenty five nationals? You were saying earlier. How does well, this? Well, yeah. So so what? There was a general sense that um, that he's he's won the title. Yeah. Like that the title's won, and there's still one race to go. But he's got this thing in the bag. So it was almost like there was a celebration before it was locked up, mm-hmm. and um, you know I. I know that, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, I always try to put myself in Damon's shoes then too. Um, and I, and I wonder if all of that type of pre party wasn't a distraction to him, you know, and did it, did he feel like it was locked up? Was it a distraction where he goes, hold on, I still have one more race. I still got to go perform, but yet I'm at YM us and i'm going to lunches that week and blah 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 and like it's almost like when you take your eye off the ball type of thing you know you're getting yeah, ready to, yeah. to catch a touchdown pass and you just look away for a second and it gets away from you and that's a pass that you would have caught you know 100 times out of 100 on the practice field i you know i wonder if that's what it was i mean you know like i said only damon can answer that yeah. but but as as you know as the summer went on right we, we go to redbud that year he gets hurt um, you know, hurts his knee and, mm-hmm. and done, done for the season and all that. I know that we, we started working towards the end of the one, three, five motocross championship. And I go into the final race with the, you know, I have to win both motos. Like I got to go win the race. And I remember specifically drawing on that experience of what happened in July of that year at the LA Coliseum of going, Nope. Um, I'm not having my dad come to the race. I'm not having my sister, my brother. Oh yeah. Okay. I literally, I literally rode that week. I did the exact same routine. I, I kept the blinders on and I didn't do, you know, anything like that, that would change up my routine because it was the most pressure ever. Like you have to win both motos to win the championship. So let's, this thing isn't even close to being done. The real, the real, you know, pressure cooker is, uh, you know, I haven't even stepped in that yet. Yeah. And so, so specifically what happened at LA Coliseum that year, I, I used that, um, that experience and, and, and thankfully everything worked out for me. Hmm, interesting. So, um, when it comes to you and Damon now, how, how is it? He's, he's back around. We, we love it. He's been around a lot yeah. with the WPS guys. So we're good. We're great. Yeah, we're great. And he's such a rad dude. You know, he's just, he's so much fun to be around. He's just got so much personality, you know, that, that beast from the East is in there, you know? Yeah. Um, but during, you know, first off when he left the team at the end of 93, going into 94, like I felt like he quit us. Like, like even though I'm, I was, you know, like a year or so older than him, Yeah. he was the leader. He was further along in his career Yeah. and we were trying to beat McGrath. We were trying to beat Honda. And when he left, it hurt my program big time. Mm. Interesting. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I remember feeling, you know, like this may seem like heavy, you know, from just being motocross racer, but I felt abandoned. Wow. And then we had a situation where one time at, at you guys might have heard about this at High Point, we mm. we go out after the race, and 
go back to the the Holiday Inn or whatever it is there, and somewhere along the line, he's got his practice bike in the back of this like Ford Dually. And somebody's like, yeah, let's take his practice bike out and lead it up against this hotel room and like total childish things. And so we are I was like kind of, I was part of the group. I was there, you know, but I wasn't like actively participating. Ooh. Dude, he comes out, <laughs> they're trying to get this thing. They're trying to get his practice bike up the stairs. Yeah. And I'm kind of like off to the side, you know, with, for some reason, it was going to be really okay. funny. Bro, it's Denny Tishner. You can just tell us. Chicken, I mean, chicken yeah, Denny I Tishner. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Only thing, right. I remember. <laughs> Only thing I remember is that wasn't Damon's room. His room was in a different place, and he comes out with like a nine chrome nine millimeter no. uh, in his underwear and was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And it was like, oh my god, this is not this is not as funny as it this was. Is, yeah, this is when the, when the this, plan. This turned serious. Yeah, this is not fun anymore. This is not fun or funny. So, right. Really, pretty embarrassing for everyone involved, you know. And then I, I never felt that Damon and I were were good after that. Um, but one thing I remember after uh, the the night that I won the Supercross Championship. Uh, in Vegas mm-hmm. or not, the, or, you know, we were on the podium and, um, he had a good ride that night. I think he m- probably made the podium Yeah, uh, and he came up and like shook my hand and was like, God damn, good job, dude. Good job. Oh, you know? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. But, but then later on, you, you know, we really weren't good, you know, yeah, yeah. um, until we did the Yamaha 50th anniversary celebration in uh vegas one year oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah and it just kind of seemed like we had this moment and we we go outside the lobby everyone's having a good time partying it up huey lewis and the news is on stage or wow. b52s or something crazy. No, oh, yeah, it was huey, crazy it was huey lewis because i tried to go badly and That's yamaha big. wouldn't yeah. let me go yeah yeah and so damon and i we we end up like out in, in like you know like the hallway sort of lobbies that are next to the convention mm-hmm. center things yeah you know, drinking beers and we just broed out and we had this, this, it's almost like therapeutically we needed this. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about all these sort of things and like, man, you left the team and blah, blah, blah. And I had to do this. And here's where I was at in my life and all yeah, these other, yeah. you know, private things. And, and, you know, I remember his wife, Angela came out and said, Hey, let's go. And he's like, no, you need to go back inside. I'm not done here. <laughs> and, uh, and then we just kind of like, and then we, we had that chance to have almost like a therapy session yeah. where, you know, as men, we sat down and, and talked about all these things that, it, yeah. that had happened. And since then, we're good, man. Whenever I see him at races oh, or, that's awesome. or, or whatever, yeah, we always have a good time. Yeah, he's really he's really a different guy from when he raced, from everybody I talked to. And, and I've talked to him about this Coliseum a bunch. And he doesn't put it on anybody. He doesn't point a finger. He doesn't blame yeah. anybody. He doesn't say what happened. He says, I blew it, man pressure got to me and, and uh, I don't know what happened. I just, I, I blew it and he, he owns it. He fully owns it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, obviously that's going to be, uh, what, what some people uh, remember about his career. You know, I remember, uh, so many other little, mm-hmm. little things about his writing. And I know you guys had, have, have probably heard me say it before, but when it comes to raw speed against the competition and it's, it's hard to put it in, I just can't articulate it like I want to because it's not really a lap time that I'm talking about. It's like an explosiveness, a style, an attitude, all these things Mm -hmm. that you bring together. There are two people, two riders in the history of the sport that I put at the top 
and it's Damon Bradshaw and James Stewart. Like they wow. just have this thing that nobody else has. You wow. know, McGrath won 72 races. Yes. Amazing. All these championships, Ricky, you, you know, Villapoto, Dungey, all these things, all fast, all had these amazing races, all have these, these wonderful characteristics about them. But that thing that Stewart and Bradshaw have where they would just, they were so quick and so explosive and they would do things that you're like, Whoa, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Bradshaw was one of them. And in, in my book, there's only two. <laughs> that's well, saying a lot. Stewart yeah. Bradshaw. Yeah. 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 You know, that's cool. So, that contemporize it. Cause everybody knows now Stewart, like you've hold anyone in that same regard. That's yeah. uh, saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. yeah, and yeah. it was absolutely just, you know, it was a pleasure to be teammates with him, try to learn from him, all that, you know, be a, be along the, for the ride there for a few of those years with the beast from the East. And he was just absolute legend, you know, total um, legend in my book. Wow. What a day in the Coliseum. I, I told Coombs this, if it was, I'm such a moto geek that if there's one race, I would love to go back in time and travel to, it would be that race just for for not for enjoying and Damon's collapse, but just being in this moment of motocross supercross history and being like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. Right. Like, so, uh, and, yeah. you, and you were 10 feet behind the guy, <laughs> the whole well, race. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we, we've made this whole conversation about Damon and, we, and we've left out Jeff Stanton. Who, yeah. Gamer, you know, Gamer. had to get it done. Yeah. That was his third win of the year. Yeah. Know? Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, crashes in the heat race has to go through the, the has to go through the semi, um, that, that his ability to focus and like get the job done and not give up. I mean, there's so many great things about that. And what's ironic also is especially back in those days, Stanton and I were like fire and ice. Like he's like, you know, I was part of this group with Denny and buddy and everybody running wild. <laughs> he's just different. Now Stanton and I are like, we're, we're tight, man. Like we're on a group text all the time. I, I, I love being around the guy, just a t- yeah. total legend in his own right. You know, and so, you know, for him yeah. to win that title that year, that was huge because that's three. Absolutely. You know, it's just yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Liat rewatchables with uh, Jeff M.A. Uh, thanks for the time, Fro. Thanks. Good. Great stuff. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime, fellas. Any- Stu and Bradshaw. All time. Yep. The two most explosive riders ever. Yeah. That's great. He, he, I, I love Emig when he gets in the zone. He has these great stories. And it is true. Like, I don't. The thing he's talking about, this intangible speed thing, mm-hmm. I, I know Bradshaw's not even close to the winningest rider ever and Stu's second. Yeah. But he's probably not wrong. No, I think if you were back there and you were like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing with my eyes. Yeah. This, 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 this 70, dude is so the, freaking he podiumed fast. podiumed his, his second ever career supercross. Yeah. Podium, the premier class. Yeah. In the premier yeah. class. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would be, again, just to put it in context, yeah. if Jet Lawrence got on the podium at round two of last year. Right. In the 450 class. Yes. Yeah, it's That's insane. how good. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely nutty. A funny story, though. Fro, Fro was like, Bale was finally like, look, I draw the line at Jeff Emmett. <laughs> yeah. I, I draw the line. This, this guy. This will not stand. No. <laughs> I have to go. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, that was pretty good. I, right, right. No, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Liat blends all and, and, and Maxis all on board this Free Raceables podcast. Again, tell a friend, subscribe. Thank you, everybody. It's been a lot of fun. Um, okay, so as we said, so Bradshaw was never really the same after this. No, and uh, um, it was a very unique race in a very unique circumstances, and and it was something that you know. Well, it leads for. to what makes this race legendary is two things. Yeah. I don't believe this is crazy. This might be the only time 
where someone moved into the points lead at the final round of the season. Isn't that crazy? I'm trying to think of another circumstance where someone actually took the points lead, did not have the points lead coming in. Ricky was tied with uh, uh, Reed in 06, 2006. Uh, I don't know, maybe that crazy 1985. You know what? I think Bailey passed Bomber in 83. Oh, really? In the final round? I don't think Bailey had a lead. He was behind in. coming in. I think so. Yeah. Two, two back, I thought. And then whatever happened in that nutty 1985 race. Yeah, no, they were tied. They were tied. They were tied. Glover and Ward were right. tied. Ronnie was, uh, Ron Lachine was like two points back. So there are two things that make this race unbelievable. A, it is so rare to have a title this close and mm-hmm. actually have it swing. Yep the other direction in the final round. I mean, that is amazing to think yep. in 48 years of Supercross that we, this is like yep. about the only time. Yep. yep. But also the amount of what ifs that come out of this race. I mean, in 1992, there was Bale, Stanton and Bradshaw and there was nobody else. No, like it no, wasn't yeah, even close. Yeah, yeah, no. And, no. and there is no one on this earth that would think 12 months after this race, it was done. Bale was road racing. Bradshaw was going to retire. Stanton was on his way out. He wouldn't retire for one more year, yeah. but he was not the same no, anymore. No. And Jeremy McGrath would become a bigger star than any of them. Yeah. That did not seem fathomable. I'm sure even Jeremy McGrath himself did not think in 12 months, I will be a better rider, I'll be champion, and I will be a bigger name than these three dudes. Yeah. I, which leads to all these what-ifs, because a lot of, you know, the theory is if Bradshaw had pulled this off, would any of that have happened? Yeah, that is a wonderful what if. Like it's, it's one of the all time what ifs. If he doesn't hurt his knee and he wins the championship, yes, and he just finishes out ninety two in the nationals, yeah. mm-hmm. what happens in ninety three? Or right. what? Up, or what? Or, or bigger question? To me, the bigger question because the knee injury happens. You can't really go what if because injuries happen in moto. What if Bale decides I'm going to keep tracing? I'm going to keep trying. Does Honda even? Right. So have three dudes in a team. I posed that question to Doug Dubok in a podcast about six months ago. I'd okay. had, I had a what if I had a podcast with unanswered questions to, to Dubok. Dubok. Like I came it. up with like 10 of them. Okay. And Dubok's a great bench racer. Okay. And everything else. And he, th- I believe if my memory serves, he believes Jeremy still would have won. I mean, he's the king of supercross. He said he just had, he had different techniques. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that'd be hard to argue with. We just know that the literally best supercross rider, most su- successful supercross rider ever. His era was ushered in after this crap show yeah. of these guys yeah, yeah. not yeah. liking each other, right. burning each other out, switching to road racing, getting hurt, all this stuff. He's probably right. If you're the best rider ever, as McGrath is, it's going to average out. He's going to win anyway. Right. But it is odd to think that how quickly that turned. Yep. Yep. Hey, yeah. maybe McGrath only has 66 wins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's, it's something else, man. And it's uh, it's a race that really will, uh, will never be forgotten by anybody that was there. And that's why I love to talk to Davey and, and Fro who were there. Um, there was a 125 class. Yeah, there was. And again, uh, this would have been massive controversy yeah. back in the day. So traditionally back then, and even now, final round is an East-West, yep. right? So McGrath and Brian Swink are the guys. Can't wait to see them f- square off. Yeah. Now, we had a couple East-West would be sprinkled in yep. throughout the uh, year. Former teammates, then. too. So Swink, was on, Swink used to be on McGrath's team. Bro, Swink. Yep. The late, great Brian Swink. Yeah. I'm showing my respects, but he left Honda for Suzuki. The Come money. on, he left, Swink. He left it for the money. It was the money. Yep. I guess no one was able to say, uh, think of two years from now. Uh, Mitch told him that. 
He did. Mitch said, what are you doing, dude? Suzuki sucks. Like, you'll make more money over here in bonuses and everything else. A better bike. And, and Swink was like, yeah. Yeah. See you later. Uh, here's 18. So. Here's 18 guys who moved, who yeah. were one on 125 for Suzuki <laughs> and moved to 250 class and sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. all of them. Right, here's right, 18 right, of them. Right, right. Here's all the Honda guys that yeah. were awesome. Yeah. You, you think you're going to beat this? Yes. Brian? Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. So uh, everyone's expecting this end of the year showdown Team McGrath and Swink. And Swink says, I'm going to race 250s, gain some experience. Um, that's what the record book shows. But had there had been social media and the internet back then, can you imagine the amount of crap Swink would have gotten for people saying he was afraid of McGrath? Yeah, he was running from Jeremy. Running yeah. from Jeremy. Yeah. But imagine that now. Like, imagine if uh, Sexton and Fernandez were the champs yeah. in 2020. Let's say Sexton wraps it up early and just says, nah. I want some 450 experience. Yeah. People would be like, are you serious? Yeah. You're well, not going to race for it, it just would never happen. Right? No. I mean, not even the fact that he's, he's, he's ditching Ferrandis, quote unquote, Honda wouldn't give him a bike to jump on. No, to ride 450s. no. It's, like, it's, it's, it's loose yeah. back then, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was, a, there was, there was just a West round and uh, McGrath won again. Oh. Yet again on the peak Honda, his final 125 race, supercross race before he moved up. Yeah, he was uh, pretty unbeatable, and there weren't slouches in there. He had to deal with Rhino and Budman most times. Unlock your hips yeah. and Budman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, Jeremy ended up uh, winning that. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. He um, he looks good, man. He looked good. Like, he looked like his technique is just so good. I remember some race in 92. It was in L.A. It was one of the other ones. He won, like, seven races. Just seeing him go through a rhythm lane um, and... Again, I did not think he was going to come up and be better than Bradshaw no, no, Stan no. Bell. But you could tell, yeah. But I remember seeing him go through a jump uh, r- rhythm lane mm-hmm. on the 125 and just being like, what I posed you the this hell question. was that? I posed this question to you while we were watching it, rewatching it. Um, how many times has Budman, Rhino, and Factory Phil <laughs> been passed by Jeremy McGrath? Oh, like, at yeah, Paris. Four guys. At Paris Raceway on a Wednesday. Uh, test track. Any, test track, any super crosses. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, These poor just, guys. Just, yeah. And these are all Cali guys, so yeah. they've been yeah, around yeah, a that's lot. that's what I mean. They, they yeah. knew Jeremy when he was an, a, a novice rider, you know? So, well, that's the other thing. Yeah. They were all better than yeah, him at one yep, point. Yeah. Way better. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Their mind. No, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. uh, Jeremy McGrath wins the 125 class and Stanton wins the, uh, the 250 class. And uh, I called and had to spend $8 to hear that McGrath won, which was the most foregone conclusion in the history of racing. But I still spent $8 on this phone call. <laughs> My dad was livid. Um, Liat, yep, Maxis, blends all, all on board with us. Thanks to those guys. The Liat Velocity Goggles, 6.5 Velocity Goggles, the 5.5 Flex Lot Boots. Liat 9.5 and 8.5 Helmets. Liat.com for more information from those guys. You know their braces as well. That's what they made their name in. Well, it's all, they've been all refurbished and remade and redesigned and everything else. So thanks to Liat uh, for sponsoring this podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Maxis and Blenzol also on board with us. Time for the categories? Uh, let's do it. We could have actually gotten one answered here a minute ago, but uh, we let him go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll shoot him a note, and uh, we'll do some other categories in the meantime. All right, so categories that we do this every show on the Lee at Re-Raceables pod. Uh, who really won the race? It doesn't mean who won the race. It means uh, what was the big winner of the race. It could, guy, could be a guy that clinched a title. could be a guy that came from last to, to second. could be any number of things. We have the actual winner on paper, but who really won matches the guy who really won the race in this instance. I mean, how do you pick somebody else? <laughs> right. Come on, right, man. Right. Jeff Stanton is who really won this race, uh, literally and figuratively. So uh, thanks to Jeff Stanton for, for that. So that Remember was the good. legendary that uh, his mechanic, uh, Dan Bentley, actually broke his pit board in half? Yeah. And celebrating? Yeah, and celebrating. All time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and yep. Dan actually told me a funny story story about the 
I think it was the morning of the Coliseum, or it may have been the morning before the Coliseum race. Uh, he basically threatened Bale with his life because Bale, Bale was doing a burnout or something, or I forget the story, but he was so mad at Bale. That's how bad it was. Oh, between it was these so guys. bad. Yeah, it was. That's how bad it was between Dan. Absolutely and, and terrible. Wow. So, um, wow. Okay, so uh, Lit Kid Award for I, this, dude. AXA was so so on its game in yeah, these days. Yeah. Uh, Stan and Bradshaw. It just depended on which gear set they were each week. This week happened to be better stuff, I feel, for uh, uh, Stanton early in the day. But the orange pants that Bradshaw had in that main event, man, that's some of the best-looking gear ever, in my opinion. So I'm going Bradshaw for Lit Kit, yeah. despite how the evening turned out. Yeah, I, I would go Stanton or Bradshaw, both Axel guys. I think you could day. flip a coin as to mm-hmm. who was actually the uh, the better uh, Lit Kit, that one. So um, that that's a pretty easy one. Shout they, out to the late Jim Hale, who just had Axel firing on, like, t- 12 cylinders in those days. Just phenomenal, right? Just absolutely phenomenal. Yes. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, the Jacob Marsak Award was uh, basically a, an award for somebody who uh, you're like, they did really well and they probably got no notice, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pick would be Sean Kalos. Mm. Now, former factory rider. Mm-hmm. So that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but at this Yamaha. point, at 1992, no longer a factory rider. Uh, they have him at, on a Kawasaki in the vault, but we <laughs> saw him on the video. He's on a Yamaha. Yeah. He's on a Clover Gear Nolene Yamaha at this point. Uh, so Kalos's best days are long gone, and he's 12th. Okay. Uh, he's beating uh, some other guys, a guy named Denny Stevenson, who's a factory rider at this point, uh, Button. So uh, I don't know what happened to Jeff Ward. He got last in this race. Wardy, any idea? It was Wardy's last Supercross. Yep. Uh, he wins the LCQ and yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if he just did one lap and said, I'm done with soupy or what? Right. I have no idea. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and, and chicken gets a uh, 19th. So the Cali guys were off to the bar early. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe Coliseum. they were celebrating Wardy. <laughs> it was weird. Chicken was such a crazy party guy, but Wardy always loved him. Yeah. 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 He was always good yeah, with it. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, for me, the Jacob Marsak award will go Kalos. So do you have any, Opinion? Anything else? Uh, my Jacob Marsak award is Keith S. Johnson okay. out of uh, Pembroke, Massachusetts. Now, I love KJ. Uh, operates Southwick now. He's a New England ripper through and through, one of the OG rippers. And I did not remember Keith Johnson's supercross skills being this good. He finishes 14th in the main. When you think of summertime in South Central Los Angeles on that crap supercross track, I do not think of the Southwick specialist. On a Keith KTM. Johnson. On a KTM. Which they were not good. Yes. Then, so. He got 14th in the main. Uh, I did not think that Keith Johnson was that good at Supercross, especially. He, so that meant he had to drive all the way out there for this yeah, he, one. He was a factory guy. So. Oh, he was factory. Oh, he was factory. Him and Fisher? Yeah, yeah. No, no that factory was the guys. team. Yeah, yeah. So the, Keith was full, full salary. Full you know, everything. factory. Yeah, yeah. All right. Congratulations. Uh, so he had to develop KTMs and Cannondales. Yes, exactly. Keith Johnson. Pray, pray for Keith. Jeez. Um, yeah. So that uh, that's that'd be my my guy. Now, if you want to go back to the to the 125 class, which we will do. Oh, uh, there's got to be some names we don't know. Uh, Has to have happened. Yeah. The the. The Who's That Guy Award. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hack Award goes to Kalos and Keith Johnson. The Who's That Guy Award. Well, Raichio Takahama okay. got 15th uh, in the 125 class. It says he's from Corona, California. Really? I don't think he is, though. Uh, I, I don't buy it. I don't. Uh, Might have been an import. Yeah. Might have been an import. Right. M- Might have been. So I don't know who that is. 15th is legit. Mm-hmm. I know everybody else. Donald Upton got 12th. I just talked to Donald Upton at Paris maybe like a month Seriously? and a half ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, still around. Big listener of the Pulp Show. Oh. Joe Albrecht, 10th. 
Jeremy's brother. Jeremy's yes. brother, mm-hmm. good rider. Um, or, or maybe Jeremy's Joel's brother. So, 21st, who's that guy award? Could be Eric Hilton. Nobody really knows who that is, I don't think. Yep. However, I do. Okay. He was a Yamaha support rider, SoCal guy, friends with all those guys. Uh, it was also... By the time I met Eric Hilton in 1997, he was no longer racing, and he was just a buddy of Ty Birdwell's, and I stayed at Eric's house. Really? For months in really? California, in Huntington. Yes. Wow. Uh, so Eric Hilton, uh, everybody. Uh, he was a motivational coach for the Alessis for a while. Really? Yes. Good if guy. those walls could talk. Good guy. Uh, if so, those yeah. walls could talk. Yeah, good guy. Um, what you want to do, Mike? Believe the hype. That's what you want to do. You want to believe the hype. <laughs> believe it. Believe it. Uh, so do you have a, who's that guy? No, uh, the, okay. the guy from Corona. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Raichiro yeah, Takahama. And to be fair, like we know the Japanese guys, but I don't know this name at all. And yeah, most wh- of them we, we would remember. And, and yes. when would Japanese guys ever be good at Supercross in the first place? No, you're right. right. There's virtually no history of that. Right. Uh, so, yep. to me, that's uh, that's my guy right there. Yeah, there's no one else. Uh, Scott Myers. I don't know if that name rings a bell. Oh, I know Scott Myers. Yeah. He's a NorCal guy. He used to ride uh, ATKs back in the day. Oh, my uh, God. Lou Lopez was his mechanic. Oh, my God. He's a buddy of Birdwell also. <laughs> Scott Myers. ATK reverse brake pedal and yep, yep. counter shaft. So, yeah, Scott Myers is not a who's that guy to me. Oh, but, he's very, very well known. Very well known. Very well known. Uh, so, I'll go with uh, the Japanese guy or Mr. Hilton. Who I okay. was buddies with. So the final category for the Liat Re Raceables uh, for the LA 92 Coliseum race. Where's JT? He is uh, racing the 85cc 12 to 13 class. At this point. Then. Okay. Yes. In uh, summer of 92. Yep. Do we want to pick up the Loretto Lynn's vault and see if he did anything there? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to argue uh, with what he says here because JT says uh, I was getting smoked by RC, which would oh. be a theme. Okay. All right. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, getting smoked by RC, which would be a theme, was his exact text. Okay, so that's what he's doing in that. I'm not going to argue. No, no, he yeah. was getting smoked by RC. Right, right. Yes. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where JT is, and uh, love these categories are really fun. That's part of the fun. It's part of the part of this podcast. <laughs> so, well, we always just find these gems of just how unsophisticated things were. I mean, my favorite moment of this is seeing Roger Coster holding Bell's bike while Cliff White kicks it. Yep. Uh, you, you, when you watch them in their time, the bikes, the TV show, the tracks, it's the best of the best. Yeah. You can never imagine when you go back in time, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so amateurish. It's so like redneck. It's so unsophisticated compared to what we have now. Yeah. Cause in the time it looks right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? No, I really want to thank Fro and uh, Davey for coming on. That's yeah. great stuff from Fro. Yeah. Uh, and again, you'll notice a theme with these shows. We don't usually talk to the star because we find you get better stories of the onlookers. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you to watching the Lee at Re-Raceables 92 LA Coliseum. Maxis Blenzel on board with us. For Jason Wygant, I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening, everybody.